Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Ah, blessings, everyone. I'm Dale. Thank you for joining with me. I tell you what, are you not just being highly impacted by what you're learning about what the Lord has said in relationship to spiritual gifts, the manifestation of the Spirit? how the Holy Spirit functions within the body of Christ. Tell you what, folks, if we were to start living this way, if we were to start relating to one another through the Holy Spirit, through the Most High God, it would transform the world we live in. I mean, it really would. And so let me just remind you, and then we'll press on in 1 Corinthians 12, that we've seen that there's varieties of gifts, varieties of ministry, varieties of effects, but there's one Lord and there's one Spirit. And we saw in verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12, that to each believer, each one, there's given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And there's an idea behind that, and a strong uh, undercurrent at least, uh, I think it's overt teaching here, that the Spirit will be manifested in different people's lives in different ways, even at different times. I'm not saying uh, necessarily a less or more, though there is an element of that, or a greater or a less than, okay? No, because we saw in verse 11, that the Spirit works all these things, and He distributes these gifts to each one individually just as He wills, just as He desires. And the, the gifts that Paul's talking about in this particular instance were the words of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, a spiritual gift of faith, uh, gifts, gifts, notice the plural again, of healing, uh, affecting of miracles, note the plural, uh, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits, uh, than tongues and interpretation of tongues. Uh, we've already looked at Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4, and we'll see even more of how the Spirit is poured out. But we close our last episode with the understanding that it is the Spirit who distributes these things, each one of these gifts, as He wills. Then in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, the very next verse, the Spirit leads Paul to say this, For... F-O-R, the word for. And that's carrying the idea that we see of therefore. In other words, in light of this, in light of the fact that it's the same Spirit who works all these things, in light of the fact that it's the same Spirit that distributes to each one individually, just as He wills, as the Spirit wills, not as the individual wills, but as the Spirit wills. Because of that, listen to what He says in verse 12. For even as the body is one and yet has many members... And all the members of the body, though they are many, are one, so also is Christ. Now, this is a profound thing, and this is something that many of us would acknowledge and that we know. But I tell you, we don't live within it. We don't live within it because we don't live within the giftedness and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He's using the human body as an example, and Paul does that a lot. Because if there's one thing that every human has, it's a body in some form or fashion. Okay? And he says, even as the body is one, even as your body is one entity, yet it has many members. Okay? Even the same way that that is, and all the members of the body, though there are many, are one body, so also is Christ. Christ's body is the same way. Those who have repented and confessed, called upon him, and who are truly saved, 
We are part of the organism of the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, I got to share this with someone the other day because I made a little post related to something like this on Facebook or something. I don't know what. Oh, I know what it was. I think I just made a passing comment about the true body and true believers. And this is someone that had a tremendous impact in my life back when I was a young, young man. And they said, well, what do you mean by true body? And I knew they were just filling me out for it because, you know, uh, it is good to define the terms, right, to understand what we're saying. And I told them, I said, what I mean by that is what's being expressed right here is that the body of Christ is an organism, the true body of Christ. What we encounter a lot and where we have a lot of problems is with the organization of the body of Christ. The organization is man-made and man-implemented. But the true body of Christ is even as our body is, okay, has many members, but is still one body. And so Paul starts to build on that. So in verse 12, again, he says, for even as the body is one and yet has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. Then verse 13, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Now, that, that is profound when we read it in our society. I don't think we can even imagine what an impact that had on Jesus' time in that society then. Because he says it, it doesn't matter whether you're Jew, whether you're Greek, whether you're slave or you're free, we were all baptized into one body, and it's the Spirit that did this. And it says we were all made to drink of one Spirit. <laughs> and this is an idea somebody's choking and pouring the Spirit down your throat. No, no. It's that when we called upon the Lord unto salvation, that He saved us and He poured His Spirit into us. And we all have the same Spirit. And it's the same Spirit that releases His giftedness for the common good. And it's the same spirit that gives all these various varieties of gifts and manifestations of the gift. And it's the same spirit that gives the gift to each individual according to how the spirit determines. I mean, this is profound stuff here. Verse 14, he says this, For the body is not one member, but many. And so you'll see in the scripture where the Lord will emphasize at one point that the body is one. But then you'll see that he'll emphasize another point that the body is many. That's what he's saying here. The body of Christ is not one member, but is many members. But the body of Christ is one in its many members. Where we err is we try to seek unity within the body of Christ. And folks, I've been there. I've done that. I still sort of encounter it in various things, uh, particularly with uh, local uh, leadership within the body of Christ. Quite often they'll be talking about, well, we need to do something that will unify the body. You know, I understand what they're saying, and I don't launch on them. I don't preach at them. No, no, we love on each other, okay? We all do that. We just love one another. And uh, But there's a truth here, and the truth is this. There is nothing that I can do to unify the body. And here's why. The body by definition, the true body of Christ is already unified. It's one body. There's nothing I can do to make it one. Now what's usually being said, and when somebody expresses that, is they want to do something in commonality. They want to have a worship service together. They want to do an event or they want to do uh, something uh, related to at least be done in the community as a whole. That's wonderful, that's fine. 
But the idea of th that we can do things to seek unity and create unity. No, 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 no. We are already unified. Now, with that being said, <laughs> let me say this. By definition, we are unified. But we have to be careful because we can do things which will quench the unity, which will break the unity, the oneness of the bond of love and the spirit. We can do things which will create faction and division within the body of Christ. And that has happened through the organizational church. Organizationally, we have done things where man has determined, oh, we are this, 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 whatever it may be. And I could sit here and list off, I don't know how many things that we've done in this way. And we have created division within the body of Christ. We have harmed the unity. So it's not that we need to do things to come together and be unified. We need to set aside the things that we have created that has brought division to the unity of the body of Christ. This is not just a little semantical turn of a phrase right here. This is a really, really important understanding that the Lord has unified us in his body and we rejoice in it. And that's the reason that when we meet somebody who's truly a believer, that spirit under spirit, that, that you're one. And quite often people can't express why. Well, that's why. But it's also the reason that when we uh, exalt and worship man's organization, man's understanding about things, we'll never have the unity of the body. What we're seeking to do then is to have the unity of man's thoughts and uh, that, that will never come about. I think history has proven that to be true. Anyway, we'll continue pressing on on this later. Thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you then. Goodbye. <laughs>